Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Week 14, and the Jets are still playing huge football games. <laughs> That's the joy here in 2022, something that I think even when you thought about playing relevant football games in yeah. December, it didn't necessarily mean playing games that could be a step towards potentially winning a division title. Um, all the big things that can come out of this week. So we have a lot to get to here. This is the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic, and Marissa Dunn, our producer. Uh, we have a lot to get to. The game preview, of course. We'll also talk about the situation around Max Mitchell and why he's now done for the season, unfortunately, for this Jets team. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Zonovan Knight and a lot about Mike White as well. Um I am back in the chilly northeast San Diego, which is which is welcome back to the dark side. Yeah, uh, it was nice though. It was a nice uh, few days in the the sunny warmth. San Diego's warm. San Diego's the best, isn't it? Every every time I'm there, I'm like, why would anybody ever leave this place? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because everyone there for the winter meetings was basically like, why why don't we all live here? Why doesn't, <laughs> why doesn't the it's whole world? But so is that's the, the that's the one so, yeah that's the, that's the one yeah. downside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like some people use that excuse, but I want to be like, well, yeah. you know, it's not like it's cheaper where we are. Yeah, so right, that's right. Not gonna fly. Apparently, from what I judged, overall, it's a little less expensive than L.A. What what you Aaron, what, what you Aaron judged yeah. overall? Yes, what I judged, and less expensive than San Francisco. So really, if you live in California, yeah, no excuse. It also also depends on where you live in San Diego because there's so many different like areas yes. in San Diego yes. too. Yes, I mean the gas lamp now is all. I mean everything looks. There's so many new modern yeah. buildings down there, yeah. even though it's like the it's historic district of downtown uh, San Diego. But that's that's where we were. The hotel was in the gas lamp right across the street from Petco Park, and all the events are over at the Hyatt on the waterfront. So. I, I have yeah. to think about people who get to go to like USD for college, like right in, I think it's yeah. in like La, La Jolla That's or whatever, really nice just like yeah. just overlooking the water and the beach. And yeah. Just being yeah. able to walk to the beach while you're in college just sounds dangerous to me. Yeah. yeah. And I went to Syracuse <laughs> where it snowed. <laughs> I went to Arizona, so I can't really say that I'm, much, but I'm still wearing the hat. So yeah. I mean, I think I just, for fairness, have to point out. Last pod, we did discuss um, the Mets big signing, and That's true. you know, you kind of tried <laughs> to like slyly like throw it in there, but I just Aaron wanted to do a pun. Back <laughs> in New York, nine years. I mean, what that a, was what a, a. What are you gonna say? That was so about Mike White. It was wild. It was a wild sequence. What happened with like the news around Aaron Judge is what I'll say. <laughs> I know. I know. So Aaron Judge, and then so we got up. That news broke on the West Coast. At 5.30. So yeah. that was yeah. an early start. Um, I was on the set with Ken Rosenthal at 8.30 recording something. Wow. Um, and then not only that, it was double bad, Marissa. I mean, people probably realize on the show that I like the Red Sox. Uh, you know, even Unfortunately. Though, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> then Xander Bogart signs with the Padres because they didn't get judged. It was right. like, ugh, <laughs> the Yankees. But anyway. 
I much I would much rather share Mets news on this show than Yankee news. So let's get back. To well, we have to be fair to all Met. of our New York fans here. We might yes. have both. You know, Jets fans could be both. So yeah, absolutely. I do know some Jet fans that are Yankee fans too. Yeah, there you go. It is funny to me as somebody who's not like from this area originally. How like it seems like most of the time it's Yankees and Giants and yes. Mets and Jets. Like I don't know how it. I guess that's just how their parents raised them. But it's just like so funny to me that the those two each of those two teams. And the two yeah. more miserable ones are latched together than the, the two yeah. like that consider themselves like high and mighty. It's like yeah. it is really interesting. Funny. Yeah, yeah, and the because the Yankees and Giants have obviously been around longer. Yeah, um, there's the the more history there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mets. A lot of Mets fans are you know come from you know Dodge you know Dodger fans, Giant fans who right. lost their teams and became or or they're him. Oh, no, I have a real uh, he has a question. There's a Mets fan. Connor's interrupted the, what, for the pod is on right now. Yeah. yeah, Hanukkah started. The Hanukkah started? No, it did not start yet. Okay, all right, we were wondering. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you interrupted him on a live <laughs> SNY, what? what would happen? Start? I don't know. I don't remember the exact date. It's around Christmas. How do you not know? I'm up. Leave me alone. I'm going to write to the uh, Jets PR staff and have a lock installed. Yeah. Is there a lock? No, there's no door. lock. <laughs> what did he need uh, right. to know? He no. wanted to know when Hanukkah starts. He couldn't Google that? It's a very easy Google. December 18th. Yes, December 18th. Oh, my God. Anyway, speaking of annoying Mets fans. Yes. Yes. Mike White, this is a great story, Zach. I'm I'm very excited that you got to tell this story. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I can get the plug in for The Athletic right now. Uh, $2 a month for a year. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. And you can read Zach's awesome story that came out this morning. Um on Mike White and his basically the split between Mike White, the quarterback and Mike White, the father, uh, you interviewed his wife, Mallory. You didn't interview the twins because they're like <laughs> one and a half. Not, they but, do, uh, he said they do say like some words, you know, like dad, dad, mama, all that good stuff. <laughs> they don't uh, say Mike effing White yet. I don't know when they're going to start saying that. <laughs> that that's actually fascinating because you know at some point when they're around like fans are going to start being like your oh, yeah. dad is Mike effing White. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So just to get I wanted to get into the story a little bit because it's so good. Um, and it, thanks. I feel like people have learned a lot about Mike White over the last since his time playing yeah. last year up to now. Uh, but this was like a little a little more, I think, because you spent a lot of time talking to Mallory and getting her kind of viewpoint, um, which is cool. Just so people that don't know, know they met when she was a cheerleader and he was a freshman at South Florida. Uh, and then he went from South Florida, obviously, to Western Kentucky where he lit it up and that led to him being drafted. Um, but so they've been together through pretty much at all, right? Like a yep. college transfer, um, being drafted by the Cowboys, losing the competition with the Cowboys, getting released and not even signed to the practice squad. Yeah. Um, and then the, the questions there and then coming to the Jets and obviously, you know, being released back on the jets released back on the jets and then finally to what happened last year and what's happening right now it's been obviously a roller coaster ride and in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic they had twins so let's start there because uh, you know he says in the story mike white always wanted to be a father but he didn't necessarily want to be a father of two at the same time right away yeah I mean, look, I, I don't have kids. Uh, you do, Tim. I'm, I'm sure, like, if when you found out you were having I do, person. and I can't. Every time someone yeah. has twins, I'm yeah. just I'm like, one, I, one of my One of my close friends, like, one of my close friends, uh, his name's Justin, he he had twin girls a year ago. <laughs> and I texted him when I was doing the story. I'm like, you can relate to this, I bet, right? He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're the same person. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, he, 
so first Mallory told the story to me and, and then he elaborated on it a little bit is, you know, he wanted to be a dad forever. She said when, when she told him, uh, she was pregnant, he like practically jumped out of his skin. He was so excited. Um, and then she was having like a hard pregnancy where she was throwing up like seven to 10 times a day and she was like oh. miserable. Um, and there's, she, she said, um, there, there, or Mike actually said, said this detail. He said there was one day where she was throwing up and she like turns to him and she's like, you better hope there's two in there cause I'm not having another one. Um, and, and then sure enough, they go to the ultrasound, uh, and you know, they're, I don't, I don't know the terminology. <laughs> they're doing the, the wand thing. I, my, my editor was laughing cause I'm like, you need to help me with the, with the words here. Um, and and they and they they see the first one obviously, and then he like keeps going, and she's like, "There's just one in there, right?" And he's like, "Oh no, there's there's twins." And then oh Mike like, gosh. Mike like he said it sounds fake, but I literally couldn't feel my legs after that. Like it's like they went numb. Um, and then he goes to his car, he starts doing what anybody does in that situation. They start freaking out about money in the future, two colleges, two cars. He said, "If there are two girls, that's two weddings." And he's like, "I'm going down this dark, dark path and stuff." Um, very human moment. And I, I I thought it was like a perfect like. You pl- you put that next to who you know Mike White is as a quarterback, like the the things that like he doesn't get rattled by anything in the game, and just it was just like kind of funny to me that this thing he's waited for his whole life, he's waited to be a quarterback and he's waited to be a dad, and the dad thing was where he had like the the freakout moment. I, it doesn't seem like he has had many freakout moments on the football field, but yeah, you know I this is a this is a story I want to write because anytime you've ta- even before he became the starter again, like I even remember talking to him in training camp when I was doing a story on the on the quarterback room. Um, and, and, and asking him about, cause you know, he became a cult hero last year as everybody knows. And, and I, and I asked him about, you know, whenever he goes, whenever you go into the practice field during camp, everybody's yelling out Mike F and white, uh, you have fans. Anytime Zach Wilson struggles there, they were calling for Mike White. And I'm like, like, how, how do you like not, how do you ignore all that? Or how do you feel about all that? And he said, you know, when I go home, I have to deal with my two crazy kids running around. Um, you know, and, and that, so it's very easy for him to, to, to focus on the kids. And so that was in the back of my head. And then, and then. We get to the season and he gets bumped up to the second string quarterback randomly, as we've talked about on here. Uh, and the same thing, somebody asked him again, like, so, like, what do you think about the possibility that you're going to have to start at some point? Or, you know, what what's it like when the fan again, like he's asked about the fans always calling for him and stuff. And he says the same thing. He's like, honestly, I, I, I don't, it's not hard for me to not to, to ignore that stuff because when I go home, I'm focused on my kids. And then again, it comes up and he kind of says it out of the blue this time. Uh, or I think somebody asked him if he thinks he can go out there and prove that he can be this. Cause that's like the big topic right now. And we're going to get into that. Obviously like, can he go out and prove that he's the Jets quarterback for this year and beyond? Uh, and he, and he started like going to, he's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm here, I'm the Jets quarterback. When I go home, I'm, I'm Mallory Maddox's dad. Um, and so he said it enough times. It, it was almost like he was asking somebody to write it. So I'm like, I might as well reach out to his, his wife. Um, Cause I, I don't know, just decide the ability to, I mean, I don't have kids again, obviously, um, but like to be able to go home and to, to be as famous as he is, as popular as he is around here, all the attention he's getting, all the pressure he has, like the way he's able to, to flip the switch when he goes home, it, it, it is pretty fascinating to me. And it would be very easy for him to go on his phone and go on social media and get t- you know tied up in all the nice things everybody's saying about him. Um, but his ability to do that kind of, and then it makes sense why when he goes out on the field, you know, he's able to stay strong in the pocket when he's getting pressured. He when he when he struggles it, it doesn't bother him when he doesn't struggle it does it doesn't change how he acts everybody in the locker room says about how he's the same guy now as he was when he was third string earlier in the year like his his consistency his you know 
his coolness, I guess, like just staying level is is very impressive to me for a guy who's only started five games in the NFL. And I I really do think the moment he he had his twins, like really like flipped a switch for him. Like it was like something changed because he he talked about that Cowboys battle recently where he said uh, he was so fo- he like knew he was playing for his he was fighting for his job with Cooper Rush to back up Dak Prescott. And it like consumed him, and he brought it home with him, and and it and it affected the way he played. Like he he looks back and he thinks about that now, and he's and he said it made sense that they cut me because I was not playing well. Um, so between that and then have and then finding out he's having twins, like and then having them and all, all the struggles they went through when they had them, because it was like a whole that was part of the story, because uh, it was when they were going to Green Bay for the joint practices. But yeah, let, I wanted to talk about that yeah. real quick because it is wild, and you think about. I mean, most people, I think, me included, when when the baby's born, you, you know, you get through that and you're there, right? And you're, you're there for a while yeah. and hopefully have some time off. Yeah. Um, it's different for pro athletes. Uh, <laughs> so his, so they were born. He flew when she went into labor. He flew from New York City to Tampa Bay, which is where she was, yeah. uh, while the team was going to Green Bay for that week of practice. Yep. Um, last year. He got to the hospital 30 minutes before the C-section birth, so surgery involved here, um, with twins. He stayed up all night going between the the NICU and his wife, checking on the babies, checking on his wife, uh, and then they, he had a 3 p.m. And, 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 and they were premature, by the way, too, so it's like right, it wasn't expected right. that he was going to have to do that. Yeah. Right, so, so extra worry, extra yeah. concern, like extra stress. 3 p.m. flight that next day to Green Bay with a layover in Chicago. So he gets there 1.30 a.m. and they have to practice at 7 a.m. And he said he had his best practice of the year yeah. um, on, on like zero <laughs> sleep. But I thought what stood out to that was he said, it was because I didn't think, I just played. And it feels like that was a turning moment too. Like that practice was like a key moment for him in realizing like, if I, if I don't think too much, I can play my best football. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like it Look, it's not like he's never looking at film or anything when he's at home. I'm sure when the kids go down to bed, maybe he pulls out the iPad or something like that. But um, I think there's something to be said for he was he was the only thing he was thinking about the entire time was about his wife and his kids. You know, when he's flying, he's freaking out that he's leaving. He hated that he had to leave. He wound up not even seeing them for a couple weeks just because of the schedule. And she was staying in Florida with the family because they don't really have family in New Jersey. She didn't move up until later in the season. So he was like FaceTiming them constantly. One one of the funny things, and I don't think it made it in the story, but she said that she noticed that he has a lot of five-minute windows to to call her. (laughs) And she's like, that's very interesting that you all of a sudden have all these five-minute windows where you can can answer your phone. (laughs) I'm sure Marissa can relate to that, honestly. and yeah, so I yeah, I think that that, that was a very big like eye opening moment I think for him, uh, where he he was I mean he was t- so tired that it was hard for him to even like process everything that was happening. But he goes out and has a great practice, and uh, I think the not thinking part is is a big thing. You know, I not to always bring it back to Zach Wilson, but I I, I think you could tell a lot of the times uh, with the way he was at, when he was out there, like you kind of feel the nerves, you can kind of feel that he was overthinking things, that he was trying to win every play and. The one thing that Mike has been saying since day one, he being the starter, is that he's not trying to play hero ball kind of thing. And I think that all ties back to the personality and who Mike is when he leaves the building. And that's that's I like doing that with stories. I like peeling back the, you know, the curtain and showing who these guys are when they go home. Um, and I, I I think I mean Mike obviously, and a, lot, a big part of that is how I I also wanted to do it to explain how he's so well liked in the locker room. I got some stuff from his wife about that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy that story worked out the way it did. You never know when you reach out to somebody close to a player if they're going to be willing to talk. And clearly she, she was like, she's just very proud of him in the, in the way he's been able to balance being a dad with 
being an NFL quarterback. And I think it was a, it was a cool story. I'm happy I got to write it. Yeah. There's a lot more great stuff in there. We won't give it all away because yeah. we want you to write it, uh, to go and, and read it for sure. Um, but the stuff about his friends and text threads and all of that is just uh, <laughs> fascinating um, and, and good stuff. Um, so let's Thanks. take a quick break. We actually have more to talk about with Mike White when we come back, but we got to get a break in here. We'll also talk about Max Mitchell, this huge Bills game and our picks. So stay with us. All right, we've talked about Mike White, the human, and the dad, but this is a huge week for Mike White, the quarterback. Obviously, he's facing his demons to a degree. The The game that got away a year ago, four interceptions against the Buffalo Bills, and, and that was it for the Mike White experiment in 2021 uh, as the team went back to uh, Zach Wilson eventually. And honestly, if he throws four interceptions on Sunday, I could see the same thing happening. Um, so let's just get into the, the possibilities here of, of – like Mike White and where he can go with this game. Obviously, Zach, if if they win this game, if they beat the Buffalo Bills, I think Mike White's your quarterback the rest of the year. I, I feel like there's no way they can can change that. Uh, if they lose and it's close, it's obviously tough. I think if they lose and he's terrible, we may see Zach Wilson sooner rather than later. But what do you, what do you think about all that? My, my gut tells me that I stick with Mike going forward regardless, honestly. Okay. Um Unless Mike like got hurt or something, I, I just again like, I just don't see it being a complete disaster. And even if it was, I, like I, you do have to factor in who they're playing. I mean, the Bills are a great defense, and <clears throat> would Zach have done any better? I don't think so. Again, I mean, they're going to be their defense is healthier. I mean, minus Von Miller than they were when Zach was there. Like the secondary, which is the biggest thing, they're going to enjoy and pour it back. Um, I think Matt Milano isn't definitely playing this week. They're, they don't have one of their defensive tackles, so I guess their defensive line's banged up. But I don't know. I, I think. I, I think it'd be hard to go back to Zach, and I, I I can't imagine, you know, it's only been two weeks now that he's had, or I guess three weeks of practice of him with the scout team and stuff like that, and I can't imagine they've seen enough yet to put him back out there. Uh, if they're if they're resetting him, it, it's going to take more than three weeks. That's just the reality. So, yeah, I, I just don't see them going away from Mike, especially, you know, they, they can downplay it if, if we bring it up all they want, but it's pretty obvious how much this locker room loves him, like, I mean, that was in the story I wrote, and even yesterday at Mike's press conference, at the end of it, Elijah Moore, who famously, you know, a very happy fella all this, all season, <laughs> um, comes up and asks, like, a, a question, like, so what do you think of the receiver room? And then Mike starts jokingly listing off everybody but Elijah. And then he's like, oh, and Elijah Moore. And everybody starts laughing. And then Michael Carter comes up and does the same thing. Like, I, I know it's easy to overblow the stuff, and it's not, you can't even say when they're winning because they just lost. Um, but it's, it's so obvious, you know, Garrett Wilson – has made it pretty clear which quarterback he prefers, I think, and it, both in his play and in his in his quotes. So I don't know. I, I just don't think you can go away from it if if the goal is to make the playoffs. If the goal is to evaluate Zach, which you know I, I guess there's an argument for that to a degree, um, then maybe you, you'd think about going back to him. But I I just I just don't see the see the switch happening right now. Uh, I mean, if it was going to happen, it would have to be the Lions game as we've talked about because then you turn around quick to the Jaguars game is on a Thursday, and then you're not going to play him. You're not going to make his him return the second to last week of the season again unless there's injuries. So it's uh, I don't know it. I I, I think it's less like like when you at when we talked about this like a week or two ago. I think we looked at this as the game as would be the deciding factor. I'm not as sure about that. I, I feel pretty confident they're going to stick with him. Um, like I'd probably I don't know put that at like 85% confidence that they stick with him. 80%. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that they – I mean, they, they do keep saying they want to go back to Zach at some point. I, I don't know how much of that is for, just for Zach to hear coming out of Robert Sala's mouth. Uh, but 
I don't know. I, I feel confident enough that Mike White, at the very least, is capable of, even if he's just checking the ball down all game and his numbers don't look amazing at the end of the day, I, I don't see him going out there and losing the game for them. I just don't see that. Because that's what Zach did against Buffalo yeah. the first time around when they did get the win. He threw for, what, 154 yards in that game? Um, no, You know, it was... He did what he had to do, and we talked about that as a positive at the time, obviously, but, yeah. but it's gone. It's kind of gone the other way. Um, the Elijah Moore thing, though, does stand out. I mean, this is a guy who was uh, unhappy enough to demand a trade in his second season as a pro-wide receiver just, um, what, a month ago? And now he's interrupting press conferences <laughs> to joke around with his quarterback. I mean, that is a big, that's a big change, and it just goes to show what a quarterback like Mike White, who's a kind of, I guess, man of the people, um, can do for chemistry on a team because he can kind of just bring everyone together. Um, and it's it's pretty wild. Um, all right, let's talk about Max Mitchell a little bit. Um, this, this was kind of confusing middle of the week, but now we have a lot more focus on yeah. it. Um, he was put on the non-football injury list, um, probably because of a lot of reasons. They weren't really specific about it. Um, but now we know that it's blood clot related, which is obviously scary, um, but it's really good that they they found it, um, figured it out when they did. Uh, he actually has a hereditary condition yeah. called V. Leiden, Leiden, yeah. Leiden, one never, of those. Never heard of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so basically, he's on blood thinning medi medication. But at this point, it, it obviously, you know, it, it was a slip up. So he had he was, you know right calf and lungs so it's scary stuff and we hope the best for for max mitchell for sure um and i don't think it was specifically said anywhere zach but this is i mean why he played badly last week right yeah i, I think that's pretty safe to say i think they found it they discovered it after the game so i think that means he was probably playing with it uh i think something i think there was something like rich samini uh Got, went into detail in his story for ESPN. I, I think he like felt something, felt something weird in the side, or like there was something, or in his arm. There was like there was something. I forget the exact detail, but um, yeah, and trouble breathing too. Yeah, which, like something like, felt you off. Have blood clots in your lungs, and then yeah. Yeah, and then they took him out. They said because he wasn't playing well. I, I mean, I imagine part of the reason why he was playing well because he was feeling not himself. I mean, that's, that's scary stuff. Anytime you hear something that's unrelated yeah. to football, like it's an internal thing. Um, I mean. Not, I mean, I don't. I'm not a doctor. Like, I don't entirely understand blood clots and stuff like that. But I know it's not a good thing. They seem pretty confident that it's not going to be a long term thing. It's good that they caught it when they did, and something worse didn't happen, or he didn't, you know, get. I don't know, get hurt during the game while this is happening to him and stuff like that. So, you're you're happy that he's going to be okay, and we'll see what it means for his place with the team, and you know, if he can be a starter next year and all that stuff. That's down the line talk. But this this goes back to we we kind of. So I, I joked about this with uh, with our Bills writer Joe on uh, on his podcast earlier. Somebody tweeted this at me, um, and I compare the the Jets' offensive tackle situation to the defense against the dark arts teachers in Harry Potter. I don't know if you guys are Harry Potter guys. <laughs> um, I say, what, what, what's 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 more unsafe, like being a defense against the dark arts teacher at Hogwarts or an offensive tackle for the Jets? Because they've gone through like six guys have been on injured reserve or something crazy like that. Um, I've, I've never seen anything like, it. I mean, Joe Douglas deserves a lot and fans were ready to criticize him before the season for the lack of depth that he had to tackle it. I mean, you can't plan for this. And I think they've held down pretty well. Uh, and they're, they're back to the original expected starters from week one, ironically, for the first time with Dwayne Brown and George Fant. Uh, but you know, losing Max Mitchell is tough. You know, he was, he was at the very least going to be their swing tackle. He's a guy that they are very high on for the future. And 
it just it just brings more questions into what this means for their offensive tackle. Their offensive tackle room is going to be fascinating this offseason. Something we're not going to get. We don't need to talk about the offseason yet, obviously. But, I mean, you, look, you have Makai Becton in theory coming back. You have Mitchell in theory coming back. George Fant, free agent. Uh, Dwayne Brown is under contract for next year. So, like, are, is what's Joe Douglas going to do? That's going to be one of the biggest storylines to me. But, yeah, losing Max Mitchell is tough, especially the way it, – it, it did seem to come out of nowhere. Like, it, I, I wasn't here for this, but it kind of felt like the – the Sam Darnold mono press conference where nobody knew that it was coming. And then Robert Sala is like, uh, we, we placed Max Mitchell on NFI and he's out for the year. And I think there was like a, a silence. Everybody's like, wait, what? And he like wouldn't go into detail. So we had no idea what happened. Um, but yeah, so they move forward with George Fant. Uh, Mike Remmers is the, is the third tackle based on the curse of the tackles this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he played at some point. Um, but it's, it's not ideal, but I, I think the offensive line – you know, this just group of five, if they can stay healthy, can be a solid group. So, uh, George Fant being healthy, if he can play like he did last year, that would be that would be a pretty big boost for this group. It is a big stretch for George Fant, I feel like, in his career, right? It's yeah. week, we're here week 14, and coming into the year, he was the guy. There was plenty of confidence over what he did last year that he could hold down one of those tackle spots. But it's been a rough go between the injuries and and not playing quite as well and in his defense getting moved around a little bit too. Um, but now it seems like, you know, here's your spot. You got, you know, week 14 to the end of the season. Um, you need to step up to help this team get to the playoffs. And he's either going to, I think, reestablish himself for another team and yeah. what he's going to get in the offseason or, you know, convince the Jets that they want to hang on to him. Yeah, I mean he's going to be highly motivated, which is a good thing for the Jets for this stretch. I do I do question whether he'll come back because I think he was pretty open with his frustration with how much he's been moved back and forth between left and right tackle. He was very good at left tackle last year. He wasn't as good at right tackle the year before. He clearly wants to be a left tackle. Doesn't really have that option, ironically, because of Dwayne Brown, who like took his job I think back in the day in Seattle too. Um, but yeah, this is a he's going to be one of the he's like an X factor down the stretch because if he can solidify that right tackle spot, which has had so many iterations of who's starting there this season. If he can solidify that the rest of the way, like they can get some consistent offensive line play. That that would be that would be huge, especially for someone like Mike White who doesn't necessarily need a lot of time because he's not running around. Um, but if you just give him a, a little bit of time and enough time to process and go through his reads and stuff like that, like I, it, it could be a really big boon for the offense. If you know, because I think Nate Herbig's been solid, Connor McGovern's solid, Lake Lake and Thomas a little inconsistent, and Dwayne Brown inconsistent because of his shoulder thing. But if the right side can get locked in and you know, get the run blocking going and you have Bam Knight in the backfield and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like George Fan should be better suited to play well now than he was at the beginning of the year when he was clearly still bothered by his knee. It seems like that's not as big of an issue now. So he's something to keep an eye on for sure. Zonovan Knight got his shot and obviously capitalized and improved himself last week. Well, really over the last two weeks. So what, what's the state of the running back room right now? Obviously he's, he's the guy to start, but you know, where does it stack up behind him? Michael Carter eventually healthy, like all of that stuff heading into this week. Yeah, Michael Carter has been full all week, so he'll be back. Yeah, uh, I am curious to see what the, what that looks like now. If we're going to find out like how much they really want to lean on Bam Knight, because I, I know they like Michael Carter, but if you look at after Brees went down, it's not like Carter was getting like a lot of carries. He was still splitting with like James Robinson, and Ty Johnson was getting in there. So I, I still feel like you gotta you gotta feed the the hot hand. That's kind of the the line they use a lot. And Bam Knight it clearly has some juice. That's the word they keep using too. Um, and so I, I I think you know you, you saw the way they beat the Bills the last time. They're gonna be able to throw the ball this, or they're gonna try to be more willing to throw the ball this time. You remember that last drive they ran it like 
10 straight times for like 60 yards on the last drive alone. And that's kind of what sealed the game. Like they came, it was a comeback win that involved running the ball, which is pretty rare. Um, <laughs> so they, they need the running game to get going. They're going to have to pass the ball more, but I, I, I think Bam Knight is, has pretty clearly earned like the RB one, if not the RB one, at least like a 50, 50 split with Carter, with Johnson coming in on passing downs. I think James Robinson is probably going to be inactive again. I don't see why you would play him at this point. It's pretty crazy how quickly that fell off. Um, it yeah. makes you wonder, like thinking back, right? Instead yeah. of instead of making that trade, maybe they should have just given Bam a chance back then. But I mean, it's not like they gave up a lot. Yeah, and, and it was like it was like a quick thing because Brees got injured on Sunday, and the trade deadline was Tuesday, so they had to think fast. Right. I'm sure it's part of it. The one the one thing I go back to is I don't get why they didn't trade for Jeff Wilson on the 49ers. Knows the offense. The Dolphins got him for a fifth, and he's been like really really good for Miami. But anyway, that you know hindsight's fifty fifty, and maybe they had the guy in the building the whole time. Um, and I, and you know it, you can criticize Joe for the the Robinson trade if you want, but I also think you can praise him because this this team has been able to plug any any hole that has opened up. They've been able to plug it with somebody this year. It's been like even at receiver they kept Denzel Mims for a reason, and then when Corey Davis went down, you saw why. Uh, and you're seeing that at running back with Bam, and you've seen it on on defense and on offense, and it's it's bit. I think Joe Douglas built this roster in such a way that they have legitimate depth and. That's something something to be said for that for a team that won four games last year to have that like have this much depth of talent this year and you, Bam Knight's the, I think the best example of that. Yeah, undrafted free agents they uh, they make the NFL spin right. <laughs> Got to have them. Got to have them to keep that roster solid. All right, um, let's take a second quick break. When we come back, Bills preview and picks heading into Week 14. Amazingly, the Jets can play the no respect card again this week because they are 10 point underdogs heading to Buffalo. I was actually a little surprised by the line, um, yeah. especially with this defense, that it would be double digits. But hey, post post that in the locker room, right? Um, look back on that last meeting. We talked about it a little bit, but the Jets won 20 to 17. Zach Wilson was 18 of 25, 154 yards. He had a touchdown, no interceptions. And it was a game in which we we kind of celebrated Zach after the game for doing the little things, not trying to do too much and, and all of that stuff. Um, since then, obviously, he's been benched. Um, Josh Allen in that game was not good. 18 of 34, 205 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Uh, he did rush it nine times for 86 yards and scored. Um, but he also injured himself late in that game. And and Zach, he, his numbers have been his overall numbers have been good since then. And obviously the bills have been playing good football, but he hasn't been the same guy since that elbow injury. Um, five straight games where he's under eight yards per attempt. Uh, this is a guy in an offense where they sling it. They throw it deep. Stefan Diggs gets open. Um, last week, the only throw that went over 20 yards was to a running back. It wasn't wow. to, uh, to Stefan Diggs. So it's a different offense, I think, than the one the Jets faced last time. You know, even beyond that, it, it feels like these are almost two different teams from the last last time they played. If you think about it in a lot of ways, you know the Jets changed quarterbacks. Uh, they got Corey Davis back. They're they have George Fant. Uh, their defensive line is completely healthy. The, the Bills are, you know, like we said, getting Jordan Porter back, maybe getting Matt Milano back. Lost Von Miller, um, but the Bills' offense is still pretty much the same. Though they use the, that rookie James Cook a little more coming out of the backfield. Uh, but yeah, you know, I. I think it's going to be the same formula uh, for the Jets winning this game, even if they do throw it a little more on offense this time. It's going to be forcing Josh to make some mistakes. I think the Jets match up with them pretty well, defense defense versus offense, because they can contain a guy like Diggs, because most teams can't. 
So you contain a guy like him as much as you can. You know, I think he they gave a big big I think Sauce gave a big catch to him the like the first play of the game and then didn't give up anything to him the rest of the game. Um and you'll take that again. So you 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 hope that the cornerbacks keep holding up like they have and the D line gets there. I think uh Aaron uh, Reese, who works for us, does like a true media notes uh, like internally for us every week and I think he had a stat in there that Josh was blitzed like the least amount he's been blitzed any game in that Jets game. I think he was pressured like the first or second most he's been, and that's kind of like the the formula for, that the Jets have used to win a lot of games this year. I, I think they can't start as slow as they have the last two weeks. I think you'd be in a lot of trouble if the Bills take a, like a big lead. I don't. Th- it's going to be harder to come back against the Bills than maybe it was against the Vikings kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, the Bills are certainly more beatable than maybe we would have expected before the season. I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to whether they can force Josh to make mistakes and what Mike White looks like. I mean, obviously he can't throw four interceptions, but um, they're going to throw the ball more than they did last year. They're going to throw the ball more than they did in that game a couple weeks ago. So it's uh, it's going to come down to, I mean, it's it's cliche, but I really do think it's going to come down to who turns the ball over less in this game. Let's hope they throw it a little less than they did against yes. Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> we'll say yes. that, the 57. Um, you mentioned Sauce and, and Reed versus Diggs. He had 93 yards. At the half in that game on five catches and then nothing after the half. And a lot of it was Reed, um, who's not getting any Pro Bowl love. I know. It's crazy. This week, right? Sauce is. Jets Twitter well, slacking Reed on isn't, that. Yeah. It's surprising. Yeah. 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 And so, I'm, so I kind of thought that was what would happen. I think earlier, in, I think maybe halfway through, I did like a midseason predictions kind of thing. And I said they get two Pro Bowlers, Quinnen and Sauce. I think Sauce, as we've talked about, he's he's kind of got the flashier name, flashier personality. Uh, he's obviously been amazing. Quinnen is dominating. I, I think DJ Reed's playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he's going to get lost in the shuffle because of the name and because only, like, I forget how many corners make it, but there there are a lot of good corners, So and he's not as big of a name as a lot of these guys. So I think he's going to have a harder time making the Pro Bowl, even if I, he's definitely underrated at this point. And he got most of his attention last week for the for – the, I actually laughed about it with him in the locker room, about his comments about Justin Jefferson. I'm like, I said, that really uh, blew up, huh? He's like, yeah, I started getting That's it. how you get to the yeah. Pro Bowl. More yeah. comments like Exactly. That. Yeah, maybe that's what, like I said, he knew what he was doing when he said it because he said it multiple times. So maybe yeah. that's what, maybe that's what his goal was. Um, but yeah, so I, I think those two, I think DJ Reed and Greg Zerline wasn't in the top 10 for kickers, which blew my mind because that dude just kicked five field goals and made a 60-yarder last week. But I don't know. Yeah. I think people immediately assume the Jets kickers terrible. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's, it's history. It's, Although it's, Lamarcus Joyner is, is like in the top like five of safeties, which is not what you would expect based on how Jets fans feel about him. So, yeah. Um, all right, should we do picks? Let's do picks. Let's do it. Let's bring in. We're going international this week for the picks. Brought to you by BetMGM, our partners at the Athletic. And we welcome Frederick Forsman to the show from Sweden, where it is uh, early evening or right middle of the evening at this point. Frederick, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, and he's rocking right. his Jets jersey. Yeah, what, what jersey you got on there? Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the Darnold. Nice. Jersey, but, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of jerseys um, that I've collected over the years, but... Uh, uh, this one was uh, the first assault. It's better than, the, te- better than the Tebow one that Joe wore last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't work out well either. No, I was I was gonna say, Frederick, what are your thoughts on Mike White at this point? Uh, I mean, I think uh, he uh, he's calm and collect, and I think he he uh, brings kind of a stable uh, stable aura to the position. I think he. Uh, 
I think he's done well. Uh, expect for, expect from the Buffalo game last year where he, he threw four picks. But I mean, that was a great defense they had uh, in Buffalo last year. Uh, so I think he's been good. He, he's getting the ball out quick to the playmakers, and um, I really, really seem to be a nice person. And uh, yeah, I like him. Where are you in Sweden? I'm in Stockholm, the capital. Uh, okay. Um, yep. Yeah. That's so, the only uh, thing I would have known. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> if you had said anything else, I would have had. What, to what's the weather it. like this time of the year? Is, are you, is it cold uh, over there or what? Uh, it's freezing. Oh, uh, really? And uh, it's really cold. Oh, geez. Uh, so, so um, yeah, I think it's um, typical, typical winter weather, but uh, it's like the northern U.S. Um, yep. Like that. Yeah, we're cold too. Wait, so we need um, we need to know. So, I'm sure Tim was about to ask this, but we we need to know your origin story because I, I mean it. Yeah, it sounds unique on paper that is a Swedish Jets fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I just um, New York was the first city I visited in the U.S. Uh, and I fell in love with the city. Uh, I think it's uh, it's so amazing. Uh, I was there the first time when I was like 13, and I was uh, blown away. Uh, and then I, I follow both hockey and the NFL, and I went to Rangers game, then I went to Jets game, and it was just, from there I was just hooked. And then I went through the Rex Ryan era, and <laughs> they, they went to two uh, AFC championship games, and uh, just grew from there. Uh, and then we had the <laughs> the other things happen after that with, uh, yeah. Todd Bowles in the Idsick era, and then uh, yeah. But I've I've kept seeing all the games. Uh, I live. Uh, I'm, I'm my daughter was six months old when she uh, went to New York for the first time. Uh, that Giants game, 2019. Um, so uh, she has her own uh, Jets jersey with her name on it, and uh, I love uh, that. I have a couple of friends who um, uh, her big NFL fans as well. So we get together, play fantasy, and we go off into the london games and stuff like that so so i, have, I, have I was two, gonna I have ask two, you I have, yeah i was gonna say i have i have two follow-ups for yeah. you one is how many jets games have you actually been have you been any in new jersey and then uh how do yeah. you do you get all do you get the games on tv in sweden uh, yes i uh i've been to i think eight or nine oh, wow. games wow wow uh, but i lived in the u.s for two years oh, okay time. okay gotcha so uh, in college so but but uh, yeah, so seven games, uh, five of them at MetLife. Oh, wow. Then one uh, Baltimore away. Uh, it was a really mm -hmm. cold game in 2013. We lost big uh, with Gino as the quarterback. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I've been to some London games. Um, uh, most recently, uh, last or in October, uh, the Vikings uh, and the Saints. Awesome. Uh, I went over with some friends. So. Yeah, uh, and I, we get the games uh, on television, but I have the, uh, uh, not the Jets games. We get Red Zone and like two uh, games, and that's gotcha. not just because they have <laughs> So I have the uh, NFL Game Pass Europe where you can watch oh, cool. the game live. Yeah. Oh, okay. I figured they had something yeah. like that. Um, I have one more just because I just have all these questions keep popping <laughs> yeah. up, but where... Uh, where did you live in the States when you were here for a couple of years? Uh, I lived in California my first year, uh, where I actually met my wife. Wow. Uh, she's from Sweden, too. So, uh, and then... Uh, you went all the way to California to meet your wife from... Meet a Swedish girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and That's then uh, I lived in uh, in Arlington, Virginia, uh, the, nice. my last year. Uh, and then, so, so it was closer to the Jets. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that's why I could see it Couple was in games, 2013. Yeah. So I saw the Gino, Gino Smith, the debut against the Buccaneers. Oh, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
All right. Well, it was a rough week for the listeners last week, Frederick, but they still have the lead as we put throw it up here for people on YouTube. Uh, Joe was 0-3, first 0-3 week for the listeners since week one. He who oh, will not be named. Sure. Joe pulled a Connor. Yeah, pulled yeah. a Connor. Uh, Marissa had a good week, 2-1. and one. Uh, She gets to 14-22, and 22, has almost caught up with me. I was 1-2. and two. And Zach, yeah. with a chance to really like take command of this thing, also going 0-3 last week. Just fumbled the bag. Uh, so it was a, overall, it was a terrible week for, for everyone except Marissa, who goes 2-1. and one. Uh, you, the listeners still lead at 18 and 18, one game ahead of 17 and 19, Zach. So, Frederick, you get to go first. Okay. Uh, well, I uh, looked through it. I'm not going to jinx the Jets, so I'm not going to take that game. So, I'm going to go with the Eagles minus seven uh, versus the Giants. I think the Eagles have a really good team. And uh, uh, yeah, I think the Giants are uh, on the down. Uh, I have that one too. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the former Jet quarterback bowl, uh, Darnold versus Gino. And I'm going to go with uh, Seattle. I have that one too. Three and a half. <laughs> because I think Seattle is uh, better than people think. And I think Carolina is terrible. Uh, and uh, then I'm going to actually go with the uh, Vikings plus two versus Detroit. Because, uh, I mean you give two points to the Vikings and they're sneaky good. Uh, I mean, they're, I don't know, 10 and two, I think they are 10 or yeah. something like that. So, I mean, um, yeah, uh, I hope three, you know, those were all three. Of <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if I should change them up right now, but I, I mean, great picks. Because, you know. That's hilarious. I, well, I think I if you know. change them, you're in trouble, Marissa. I would, I would just stick with them. Yeah. I, I swear I could show you my. <laughs> yeah. And I was shocked that that Vikings game was. Yeah, that they're underdogs. They yeah. Big. Yeah, I, just, I looked at yeah. the injury report and I was like, is Kirk Cousins out or something? Right. But, right. Uh, no. Yeah, that that one's weird to me. I mean, I know it's in Detroit, but and I know the yeah. Lions have played like well, but yeah, kind of surprising that the they were the underdogs yeah, there. So. Yeah, it feels like a a trick though. Not right. That's one of those ones where you're like, "What do they know?" Vegas like hates know. the Vikings. It seems like every week they like our, their lines are weird. So. Well, it's funny. We talked about this on the Football GM podcast. There's this "What If NFL Standings" um, page or something, and if every one score game. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, what your record would be, and the Vikings would have like one win. Yeah, I saw that. That was if, that was pretty if wild. If your yeah. one score games went in the opposite direction, that was yeah, cool they won every yeah every game. They yeah. would be like one of the worst. They would be like <laughs> the worst team in the league. Um, so yeah, it's crazy, but hey, they're not. They pulled them out. So yeah, yeah, but those are my picks too. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll shorten the go. show a little. <laughs> Zach, you're up. All right, I actually am going to go Jets uh, plus nine and a half. I think it'll be a close game. So uh, that's an easy one. Oh, not an easy one. I probably just jinxed myself. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I think BetMGM has it plus 10. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll give you the extra half points. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs minus nine and a half. The Broncos are a dumpster. And I will do the... Mm, you know what? I'm going to go Buccaneers plus three and a half. They're going against Brock Purdy, Tom Brady. Uh, even though it's on the road, I'll, I'll take that one. I was concerned. all right. I have that one too. I have Bucks plus concerned. three and a half um, at the Niners. It just feels like the Niners, you know, they they won on emotion last week after the injury, but now like reality sets in with uh, with the third string quarterback. 
Uh, I got Titans minus four versus Jacksonville. I know the Jags have been playing a little bit better, but it just, I don't know, feels like the Titans need that one to, to keep things rolling. And then lastly, I'm going to go with the, and this, every time I've taken the Patriots, I've lost this this year. They just, I don't know why I'm doing this, but the Patriots <laughs> minus one at Arizona. The, the Arizona's just bad. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's the type of game where the Patriots season is slipping away completely at this point. Uh, Belichick will somehow rally the troops um, and Mac Jones will look like a decent quarterback against Arizona and they'll pull that one out. That's the Monday night football game. Um, so that is it for the picks. Frederick, thank you so much yeah, for thanks, coming man. on, man. We appreciate thanks. it. Um, and hopefully the the sport is, is spreading big time in Sweden. I know it's it growing everywhere it in Europe, so yeah. it's good to see. All right. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks, Frederick. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Again, you can join The Athletic, $2 a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Check out Zach's great story on Mike White and all the great writing that he does and all of our other writers. We will be back with you on Monday. Does Monday work? Yeah, Monday. And and Chris Traveler. Sorry, I just need to shout his name out real quick. Oh, I I did make a good joke about him last night. Oh, you yeah, did. Baker, yeah, so Baker totally, Mayfield yeah. on short notice uh, as uh, led the Rams to like a crazy win over the crappy Raiders. Um, and Chris Traveler did something similar in the preseason. He signed off the street and he and he wound up playing. He didn't he didn't play it. I mean, it was a preseason game anyway. He led he led a comeback and, victory and his was impressive also. And, and not surprisingly, yeah, shout out everyone. To awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Baker. Marissa, like yeah. Baker. You're yeah. a Baker fan all the way, right, Marissa? You like... know, he was always such a good teammate to Michael. That's yeah. all I'll say. And he's had a really wild year. So we were both watching last night and we were Michael and I were high-fiving each other. <laughs> That's cool. So, That's cool. Now, it's always you know, great to see these things. And, yeah. and you know, even Sam Stories Donald like that are always cool, yeah. starting, right? Like yeah. it's the, the revenge yeah. of that quarterback class here late in yeah. the season. Um, as expected, when you tweeted that Zach, it was completely misunderstood by most of the people that replied and thought oh, you man. were somehow being serious. And, uh, has anybody met me? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, being Twitter. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Hopefully another victory Monday for the 2022 Jets.